Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome to What Culture Gaming. I'm Scott. Joined by Josh. Hello, Scott. Josh, my friend, we should talk about the fact that Elden Ring is dominating everything, and not just in regards to people's social media feeds, but the literal amount that this game has sold and what that points to overall. Because if you've been following What Culture Gaming for a long time, you know that we talk about microtransactions, stuff, premium currency, BS, all the different things, like EA saying that single-player games don't matter anymore, all that gubbins that a lot of people who follow gaming channels and talk about regularly um, would like to focus in on in this regard, because Elden Ring proves all that stuff completely wrong. Elden Ring has massively outsold about as many different franchises as you can point to, including the past two Call of Duties. It's crazy. Call of Duty Vanguard and Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War um, with Elden Ring coming in with 12 million copies um, and we'll get to some Call of Duty stuff later on. I have a whole bunch of sales data, etc to talk about. However, I think we should talk about the immediate reaction to Elden Ring. Why do you think it's taking off so much? Um, I think kind of because it's doing what Breath of the Wild did a few years ago in mm. that it's taken a genre and it's completely flipped it on its head and managed to make it feel fresh again you know in in the similar way as that zelda game you know suddenly you've got this big open world that's a a, a gamer's game i suppose i would describe it as you know from software has obviously spent the past decade accumulating this strong fan base releasing incredible games and now they kind of taken that formula to the next level Mm. and critics have been all over it as have fans but you know in that kind of run-up to release when you suddenly saw those scores dropping yes you know you're getting 10 out of 10s you're getting these high nines out of 10s I think currently on Metacritic it has a score of around 96 or 97. It was 97 last week. Making yeah. it one of the highest rated games of all time. I think that just invites a, an audience who might not be familiar with From mm. Software to suddenly go, I want to see what this is all about. <laughs> I, if something's rated 96, like there's no way you can ignore that. Like that is a ridiculous, ridiculous score. Oh, yeah. And I think it just gets That's Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. Yeah, it, it is. It Tekken 3. Is. It's right up there. But I think that um, it's worth pointing out as well, um, you know, people that are going to dive into it, like you just said, will get flattened by the Tree Sentinel and think, what the hell have they even done? but there's a game there for them to enjoy if they play more of it. I did want to point out in regards to you know the way that big business approaches video games. And we, we have another video coming, which might already be online, about the way that Square Enix have completely shat the bed every single night for the last few years. And uh, in that regard, if you look at the origins of what is the overall, the Souls formula, the Soulsborne, whatever you want to call it, we need a name. I uh, think just the Souls genre at this point. Soulsborne used to work, but then Sekiro came exactly. in and it just doesn't work And anymore. then there was all that Soulsborne row stuff yeah, that wasn't really no, a thing. No. I'm just going to say Souls genre. If you look at the origins of this stuff, you go all the way back 
to 2009. Um, and the point that I want to make is that the way that this series came together, the way that this overall feel came together, is directly opposed to the way that all the studio-mandated stuff comes together. And um, this was something born entirely from Hidetaka Miyazaki's mind uh, when he came across from the Armored Core series. He started it uh, from software in 2004. Um, as a coder, he was working on Armored Core, and he went across to Demon's Souls, which apparently was a dying game anyway. According right. to him, uh, in a profile he did over on The Guardian, um, Demon's Souls was pretty much scheduled for the woodshed anyway. So it was always going to be thrown out regardless. Um, so they just let him do whatever he wanted with it, um, which is why it turned into this really experimental, really hard, really arduous game um, that then bombed at the following Tokyo Game Show that, yeah, nobody responded to it. Um, and overall, it only sold 20,000 copies. It wasn't released outside of Japan for the first year. Um, but that is to say that when um, the community that was underneath that game kept going, eventually, um, you know, he was allowed to do a sequel, did Dark Souls, that game outsold Demon's Souls in the first week. And that was kind of what started that momentum going forward. Obviously, if you jump forward another 10 years, you have those initial seeds of those ideas and that full-on creative freedom blossoming to insane degrees. And like I said, yeah. the sales are ludicrous. Totally. I mean, this has been a studio that's essentially been allowed to do whatever they want. And yeah. they've had the sales to kind of back it up. But I think it's, 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 it's important to put Elden Ring in context because like you said, you know, this is a popular studio. Dark Souls is a popular series. Mm -hmm. They made popular games. I think Sekiro sold about 5 million copies. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a, this is a, in a developer year. in its first year. This is a developer that is kind of like known for creating uh, critically acclaimed games, but also hits, you know, like these yeah, things yeah. sell. But even in that context, Elden Ring's success is almost unfathomable. <laughs> you know, selling 12 million copies, I, I couldn't believe that. Like, so the, I pulled a couple of uh, big milestones for this, because yes, it's true. They had outsold, um, Sekiro's first year of sales were 5 million, Dark Souls 3 in the first two months sold 3 million, so already the 12 million figure for Elden is way above those things. Um, but even comparing to the go-to biggest franchises in the industry, Call of Duty, um, it's outsold Black Ops Cold War, um, did 5.7 million in its first month. Elden Ring's done 12 million in three weeks, so already that's massively above. Um, the word on Call of Duty Vanguard was that it was 36% lower than Black Ops Cold War, so already it's massively pooping all over that too. And it's worth throwing in here that Resident Evil Village, as of the beginning of 2022, has only sold, only sold, 5.7 million units. Um, again, less than half of um, Elden Ring. So Elden Ring is outselling the latest Resident Evil. Elden Ring is outselling the latest two Call of Duties. Like, this is a massive deal. Yeah. And I think for me, it's fascinating um, looking into the ramifications of what that means going forward and how we got here, how they got here, and how much Miyazaki has only believed in himself yes. for the last like 13 years, and it's kind of phenomenal. I mean, it's an insane success story on the one hand, but also, you know, this title is as big as it is because mm. this will change the industry. This Good. is going to have ramifications. This industry loves nothing more than to look at what's successful and then try <laughs> to copy it. And you get something like Elden Ring, which has come out, and like you said at the start of this video, you know, proven a lot of the publishers wrong. Mm. A lot of the publishers who said, you know, single player's dead, you know, people don't want kind of like these um, difficult, obtuse experiences. Uh, they want to be like handheld through stories or whatever. Remember when they, they want... thought consoles were dying? Yeah, yeah exactly. We're all going to get PCs, Cons lad. Consoles are dead. Survival horror is dead. Single player <laughs> games are dead. Here we are now. None of those things Brilliant. are dead. Um, but yeah, you know, obviously this is a game without kind of like greedy microtransactions. It's not a live service. Mm. It's, it's not got all of that baggage mm -hmm. that we associate with the AAA space. And if, and if the likes of Square Enix or Warner Brothers or whoever don't notice that and change accordingly, <laughs> maybe we're beyond hope, man. Maybe we're beyond help. The I thing is, it is interesting because I think that From Software have such a unique appeal right now. Like, it's obviously there are hard video games, but it's that thing where you've always got that friend who's into FromSoft stuff, you've got that friend who's into Souls games, um, and we've been those friends to our groups, our friends in a wider context, and it's like getting those other people in. Like, the majority of our office have tried Elden Ring in a way, and the, you know, it's their first Souls game. And I don't know if that's the case for a lot of people down in the audience as well who know their friends who are picking this up and they don't really fully know what it is, but they're going to get it anyway. And just for whatever reason, 
reason this has reached that critical mass, whether it is the likes of George R. R. Martin being involved, whether it is, you know, the first next-gen Elden Ring, maybe it's been advertised as that to some degree. Yeah. But it's kind of a confluence of all those things at once. That's it. I don't think you can pinpoint one thing because mm. Elden Ring, even before we knew what it was, had this swell of interest, you know, for every time an E3 came around, every time like a big <laughs> event came around, every time a trickle of rumors or leaks would come out, mm. Elden Ring, people were ravenous for information. So it's like the snowball was already there. Yep. You combine that with it actually being good mm -hmm. and suddenly you hit this massive audience like you mentioned. Like there are so many people that I know, you know, just anecdotally, who have, who have done exactly what you've done. You know, didn't play Dark Souls, didn't play Bloodborne, didn't play Sekiro. Mm. I suddenly seeing the scores for this, I suddenly seeing everyone talking about it and jumping in. My big question, and it, I was going to say worry, it's not really a worry, is how many of those 12 million copies sold are new players mm. and how many are kind of bouncing off and saying it's not worth the scores? Because there was, I didn't see some of that discourse True. when the game launched, but I just, I hope the 12 million copies sold thing isn't an anomaly that will go down once interest wears off is mm. all one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, it's interesting because in that regard, if you look at the trophy day, we were looking at this before we started recording, yeah. the, the most, a majority of players, 70% of people beat Margaret, the first yeah. main boss, um, whereas that was a bit of a discourse talking point um, across the first few days as well, saying this boss is so impossibly hard, oh my god. But 70% of people to date as we're recording this have gotten through that first boss. Um, Godric was something quite chunky. Godric was just under 60, I think. Which oh. is massive. Which is, still, I mean, yeah, again, putting that in context, you mm. know, I just had a quick cursory look beforehand, but uh, Sekiro's first proper boss was 
something in the high 50s. Bloodborne's yeah. uh, Father Gascoigne, I think that's the first um, proper, uh, like, uh, obligatory boss in that game. That was high 40s and stuff. Right. So you look at those, though, their two previous, or two of their previous games, and yeah, like, Elden Ring is above that. And which well, is more impressive, sorry to keep interrupting you, no, no. which is more impressive in my eyes because Elden Ring is more open. Like, you don't yeah. have to go straight for those bosses. You can spend 10, 20 hours just exploring everywhere else before mm. you get to that first mandatory boss. In a way that Bloodborne, you can't. In a way that Sekiro, you can't. Oh, that's the thing. You're only going to bash your head against those things until you finally get through. Um, it's interesting in regards to difficulty stuff, though, because even just a few weeks ago, Sifu was out there with an insane drop in trophy data, because it's PlayStation exclusive for now, um, where it was something like about 70 or 80% of people were getting through the first boss, and that dropped all the way down to about 13% of people on the second boss, so people weren't even clearing the second level. Um, and immediately, Slow Clap got out there and patched the second boss to get people through the game more. Um, but Elden Ring, a game that is, you know, assuming like is thought to be even harder and has some bosses that are ludicrously hard, um, more people are getting through that. And when you um, apply that 70% uh, amount to the 12 million copies in circulation, yeah. that's a lot of people getting through this game, which is a whole other wing of conversation as to how easy games can be or should be or whatever for a mass audience. Clearly, a mass audience can handle this. Totally. And that's I think that's the kind of lesson that we have to like learn mm. from it. Like, you can bet on creativity. You can bet on new IP. Like, the fact <laughs> that this is a new IP shouldn't be, like, understated at all. Oh, like, God, yes, no. it's from a beloved um, developer, but a new IP coming out and doing 12 million copies, mm. again, it's almost unheard of. I think I read a, a, a news thing that the last time a new IP did that was The Division, yep. way back 2016. in 2016, so six years ago. <laughs> and it's like, bet on new IP. You know, yep. That's what people are wanting. We want like originality, we want creativity, we want innovation. Elden Ring, again, kind of like Breath of the Wild, even though Breath of the Wild is obviously part of a series, it felt new, you know, the oh, yeah. reason that they're yeah. doing Breath of the Wild 2 or whatever, you know, they come out with something new and players are like, that's new, I've not experienced that, <laughs> I want to give that a go, and then they do. Yeah, I think it's worth, I mean, it's, it's really interesting where we are in gaming. There was a very recent quote from Jenova Chen who made uh, Journey and Flower and um, that one that we played that was on phones that I forget the name of, but Sick. it was really cool. Um, Jenova Chen talking about the reality of how games are now, and when he talks to people on the street about what he does for a living, um, back in the 2000s, he was, you know, he would the average response to someone um, would say like, oh, you're turning our killers into mass murderers and all that kind of stuff. And when he, get, when he talks about video games with the average person now, they just start asking him how much money he's making and how, um, how much crunch he's doing, all that mm. kind of stuff. And he, he said that it makes him feel like he's running a casino. Um, and it kind of goes hand in hand with that whole idea of nickel and diming you left, right, and center, because that has become the mainstream uh, thought process around gaming, which Elden Ring directly contrasts. Like, it directly says, look, here's a artistic um, creation-first video game that works as a full product you can just give to someone. And it's not going to try and take advantage of you. It's not going <laughs> to do all these weird things with your credit card. It's not going to ask you for an account. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I suck it into getting WWE 2K22 because <laughs> I want to play as the wrestlers. Of course you do. Only from these guys. I don't care about anyone else. Um, but that game immediately makes you make a 2K account. Right. I almost turned it off, Josh Brown. I was like, I don't want to do I don't want to go through well, this. Like you said, like, even in games that we like or, or love in some cases, yes. there is still that element. You know, I really like Gran Turismo 7. We did a video on that. Good. But one of the first things you see in that game is a currency that tells you, by the way, if you want it, <laughs> you can buy more of these things over there. And like you said, you know, you get something like Elden Ring, which is which is fully formed. Mm -hmm. I think nowadays, you know, a lot of players 
um, are used to in the AAA space, getting a work in progress, getting something like Halo Infinite, which has, you know, really great um, gameplay in realizing that it's the start of something. You mm. get Elden Ring. I'm nearly 100 hours in mm. and I'm on the final stretch of it. Uh, and I don't feel like any of the content has been superfluous. Nope. I feel like it's been, I've definitely, definitely got my bank for my book in comparison to a $70, even a $70 like Sony <laughs> game. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a complete video game. That there's so much content in there. None of it kind of feels like wasted, wasting your time in the no. same way that like Ubisoft Open World does. Mm. It's just, it's a, it's a complete package in a way that we have been trained to not and expect from games these days. And plus, in regards to you know playing through it, showing your friends and whatever, if you get some really cool build, some cool weapons, some cool boss or whatever, it's not hidden behind a paywall. It's not that assumption. In Halo's case, I just thought of this because you mentioned Halo, where you see in Halo's case, you see a really cool skin and you go, well, I can't afford that or I'm not going to pay 20 English pounds for that skin. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just not going to get it. And you're immediately roadblocked from enjoyment. You're immediately roadblocked from getting involved in the gameplay loop that might get you that thing. Whereas in Elden Ring, there's always a way to do it. And I know at this point, I'm just describing how games used to be. But I think... <laughs> For a 12 million sales figure, it's worth reminding the world that this is what games can be. Totally, and this man. is, you know, full finished products that only get when the patches come, they add more content. Yeah. Is maybe the way that it could be. And I think Again. what's important as well is the kind of mystery element of yes. Elden Ring. Like, we, I felt like in the run up to it, we got enough to understand how the game worked. But a lot of the discussions around it, and a lot of the real jaw dropping moments come from the things that you find in the open world mm. and people sharing those stories. And um, we might have talked about it before, but I, I think, you know, in a lot of AAA games, you almost know what they are and know what to expect before you oh, jump yeah. in and they so rarely have those kind of like big surprises those big jaw-dropping moments you we know the formula at this point mm. and those games stick to the formula and a lot of them can still be good mm. but you go into something like Elden Ring and I feel like we've all got these stories of the things that we encountered at different times and when you encounter those you want to come to the office <laughs> you want to go to see your friends and you want to talk about you know what you've just seen and kind of gush about it because you didn't expect it. Mm -hmm. And like, kind of not knowing what to expect, I think is an, is an under underrated piece of magic that makes this game so special. Yeah, and it fosters communities, it fosters conversation, yeah. it fosters the idea of go play this, see it for yourself, and not in a way that you can just sit and watch something be streamed as another game that just fundamentally need to be played and be experienced. In regards to secret things you should check out, go see the cave to the northeast above Radon. That's all I'm saying. There's a secret cave there. Anyway, let us know what you think down in the comments below of the way Elden Ring has rolled out. Can you believe the sales figures it's getting and what do you think it's going to mean for the future of gaming overall? For now, I've been Scott from WhatCulture.com. I've been Josh from WhatCulture.com. And we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.